When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We have a very special guest today, Tim Kennedy. Is it Tim or Timothy or properly? It's Timothy. You know, because some birth people certificate. are just Tim. Yeah. Which I I see you as just a Tim. If somebody called you Timothy, it would it would upset me. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be angry, but it would make me probably a I don't know some something between anger and fear, whatever that is. Yeah. Um I don't I don't hear Timothy often. Um my son Rolo occasionally is like Hey dad. I'm like perfect. Daddy fantastic. Haven't heard that from you in 5 6 months. Mm. I missed that one. Um hey Tim. Oh bro. Mm. He knows, but then Timothy, he's just purely messing with me. <laughs> I like that he's already, uh, he's, not only is he actively trolling you, but he knows exactly how to do it. Yeah. That's impressive, right? Yeah. I think that's an important part of becoming a young man mm-hmm. is knowing which buttons to push. Yeah. Um, so, Pushing your limits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to. That's what kids do. Yeah. That's especially young male children. Yeah. Like that's kind of, it, it's like they do that. They, they break things. Uh, they get into trouble in the same way that a young lion cub tries to fight its mom and dad mm-hmm. yep. to learn how to do it. Right, it's an important thing. Yeah, he got a uh, he threw dirt at a, one of our chickens yesterday, but not like on plain dirt. Like he was trying to scare it, mm. and um, I put him in the iron chair in the in the half seat position. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he was again just pushing the limit. You know, mm. like not he. You know, he. He'd, just one, I don't know what he was thinking, but he was screaming bloody murder in a matter of seconds. And the poor pool guy walked around. Unfortunately, the pool guy was like my age. He's like, oh, okay, everything's all right. He's like, yeah, yeah, he just, uh, he threw something at the chicken. He's like, my dad would have beat me senseless. I'm like, what do you mean beat? You mean like beat? He's like, yeah, mm. uh, my dad was a Marine. I'm like, yeah, my dad was a police officer. I grew up in the 80s. He's like, I grew up in the 80s. I'm like, all right, so we're using the same word when we say beat, yeah, yeah. R- literally, not not metaphorically. Yeah, no, it's, uh, stress positions are pretty effective. They are so great. I don't care how strong you think you are. If I make you hold uh, a piece of paper with just two fingers up yeah. over your head, it's not going to last very long. Nope. It's, I've seen very strong dudes. As a matter of fact, sometimes the stronger you are, the, the more it sucks. It does. It, it is worse. That lactic acid starts building mm. up in your muscles, like rifle PT. Like I can hold my rifle mm. like this. Pretty much forever. Well, I think for forever. Yeah. Until for some reason, forever just is, comes too soon. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. my body. I can't stop shaking. It's pretty amazing. Um, I, so I want to get into it. This show is. Um, 
I did American Party for a while. It was Dakota and I, and uh, I like that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy, and and I just wanted to, you know, all the partisan nonsense. It doesn't seem very helpful to me, right? I mean, you're you're not there's there's no questions being answered ever. It's just points being made, yep. which is not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's if if you're in a scientific environment and that's what it's like, you're not going to learn anything. Um, but the question of American Party was what. What can we do as, you know, people that actually care about this fractured country that we live in? What can we actually do to solve things? Yep. Um, and that was, American Party was the question, but it, I felt like it pretty quickly turned into just more of the same. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy doing it. We learned a lot of stuff, but there's enough people focusing and talking about what's wrong. And very few people making any kind of recommendation about how to fix any of it. Um, and that's what this show is. I, my, my premise is that <clears throat> you're not going to be able to vote your way out of what we've created here. Um, and I say what we've created because it is our ignorance and weakness and complacence that led to this point. It wasn't like there's always going to be weak and evil men that try to take power over things. and the only way they can do it is if we let them do it. Yeah. That, that's that's premise one. Premise two is that the only way to solve this is to repair it from the bottom up, which means starting with yourself at the lowest possible level, figuring out ways to make the best possible citizen. That's what I think, and that's why I named the show that. Now, that's something that you've been doing without saying it for a long time. Just like doing stuff without necessarily making a point of it. You know what I mean? I, I think well, that I know you mean it. Yeah. It's very deliberate. It is very deliberate. Yeah. yeah. First, I'm going to apologize about my voice. Um, we're two days after the 4th of July mm. and, um, between fireworks, two different goes at the lake, a little bit of motorcycle action. Um, and then me just being an ac- absolute psychopath mm-hmm. for, a, I try to make use of all 24 hours on the 4th, mm-hmm. you know, so you can start, like, I think our first firework went off at zero, 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 one. <laughs> You know, and our last one finished at twenty three fifty nine. So, um, in that twenty four hour time period, if you sleep, I get it; it's fine. Do it. Do you? You do you. But this, that's my voice. Um, yeah, there has been uh, definitely intentionality on my part to um, empower the citizen. Mm. Like the mission. If you look at my comp- uh, my company's mission statements, you're going to see a really clear overlap. You know, like, well, Sheepdog Response, for example, it is to train and equip people to be able to preserve and protect human life Mm -hmm. that is the mission statement like right here apogee strong the hat that i'm wearing like we are trying to empower young men to be our future leaders i mean for years you've been doing it for adults yeah and then finally it was like all right this isn't gotta start younger it reminds me of uh the wire when i don't know if you ever watched that series but one of the characters bunny colvin he was a major at the baltimore police and was pretty disenfranchised, disillusioned by the process, uh, gets hired after he leaves the police force, he gets hired by a consulting agency that's trying to figure out youth violence, right? Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's go talk to some of these like 13, 14, 15 year old kids and see what's up. And like, that's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Too late. Like, I mean, that was the point of the episode is like, it's too late. Now you, yeah. you have to start when they're like nine, 10 years yeah. old. When people are, you're not gonna get them. I have friends right now, a lot of friends whose daughters are you know, mid teens. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hey, can you help us? He like, 
intimidate this dude that's gonna you know be dating my daughter i'm like bro you're, you're 10 years too late mm. you, sh- you, st- you sh- sh- should have started shaping who she was gonna bring home at five right you know she's gonna be looking to you it's not do as i say not as i do they literally see everything mm. and everything that you do so the, the 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 younger that you can start imparting these characteristics and attributes of integrity hard work and discipline um the younger the better uh yeah so i the special for I, it's ironic that it's me saying this the special forces um motto I know, obviously our, our, our crest is Dia Press Labere, mm. but we also call ourselves the, the quiet professionals. Right. So even though people think I'm very outspoken about what I am and who I, and, and the things that I do, I just wrote a book, you know, like how uh, hypocritical is that? Um, but if you take a, if you peel back a letter, a layer and you look and you're going to see how quiet I am about a lot of the things that we do. Right. Um, specifically the things that I care about. Right. Yeah. yeah. Empowering the citizen. Mm. I care about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so, uh, I'm not a huge Ronald Reagan fan, but uh, he, he did Better say, than Carter. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly better than Carter. I think everybody except for the current guy in my lifetime has been better than Carter, but um, I think he he said the scariest words in the English language are, I'm from the government, I'm here to help, something like yeah. that, right? So, you know, it's kind of something that I've been talking about for a couple of years now as well, which is, you know, if you want to... If if you're tired of what what's going on in government and the pol- and pol- political scene in America, jumping into it and yelling like everybody else, you're just another hysterical person. You know what I mean? But there are opportunities every single day where you can box the government out, like take like it, it, their ants and their sugar on the ground, go sweep it up. Yep. You know what I mean? There's hungry people, there's hurting people that need help. Go help them, and yep. you can stop that shit. Hey, you look at everything that's happened in in culture in the past five years it's the problem down to the lowest individual level down to the down to like the nuclear family mental health it's the erosion of the the healthy family Mm. you know the um freaking covid that was the individual getting fat (laughs) yeah we became an unhealthy country and this is the consequence of it Mm -hmm. you know you you go down every single one of it goes down to individual responsibility right the reason that that beautiful document the constitution that i have right here in my fanny Mm -hmm. pack like the reason that that worked was because the men and women that were here were hard motherfuckers yeah they were like they carved their existence out of the wilderness they fought bears they lived off the land Mm -hmm. like these the, you know, of the 56 that wrote our Declaration of Independence, like lawyers, doctors, farmers, mm. like these, these were the best and brightest, but they were so hard. They're like, yeah. do you know what? I'm not going to, it's not, I'm not just going to say that you can't do this to me. This isn't a hope and prayers thing. I'm going to say that you can't do this to me. And then I'm going to pick up this rifle and I'm going to go shoot you. Yeah. 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 That's a different thing. Yeah. It's like John Adams, for example, may perhaps the least athletic president in history. I don't know. It's hard to tell because it's so, it's so long ago, but not a, not, not a George Washington, not a man whose stature is going to be intimidating, but at the height of the revolutionary war jumps on a boat, sails through the British blockade under gun cannon and gunfire to go to the Netherlands to get us some money, right. To pay for some shit. Yeah. Then to go to France and to get us some boats to help us figure all this out. Um, so that was the least tough dude like yeah. mentally tough adams was mentally tough there's no question about that he's one of the more brilliant law minds that's ever existed in america but 
physically, not so much, but it didn't matter yeah. because toughness doesn't come down to how many push-ups you can do. It comes down to not quitting. Yeah. That's it. Don't quit. I mean, that's the, every selection process for every group on earth. The first thing they do is see who's going to quit. Yeah. The, uh, the number one, a Twitter. Yeah. Is the quitter. Yeah. You know, like, yes, you can fail a gate. And that's, can, a, that's like Johnny Cochran talking now. It's so, it's so yeah. straightforward. Like, yeah. And people come to me all the time. They're like, hey, man, you know, I'm getting ready to go to selection. You're like, mm. what, what advice can you tell me? I'm like, don't quit. Mm. 50% right there. Mm. 50% of those that walk, it's because they literally just quit. Right. Of the other 50% that, that have to leave, you know, it's, it's, um, it's they, that they didn't prepare. Mm. Um, so not quitting does come down to preparation. You're like, no. The number of push-ups that you do don't make you a hard dude, but a dude that can do a lot of push-ups probably can also do a lot of pull-ups and can also go run for a long time and can also, he is, he's conditioning himself to be a hard person to break. You know, not to get into the Ukrainian conflict, but when I look at the Ukrainian people, those are hard people because in the past 10 years, they have been building resistance specifically into their culture yeah. so that they just are going to resist. They're like constant contraire. Yeah. You can tell them to do anything. It's like, hey, here's, um, I want to give you, a, I'm, I'm Russian. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I want to give you a million dollars just to go west and leave and live in Lviv. And they're mm-hmm. like, that's a great deal. I'm going to burn this money and I'm going to stab you in the neck. Yeah. They've just been wired that way to be so contraire and resist anything, and that is a that is a thing that has to be trained, and yeah. we have lost it. Yeah, we've we've certainly lost it, but it's something that gets lost through comfort. I mean, uh, so you not quitting comes down to preparation. I like that phrase because it's it's something that uh, as a as a culture we have no more tolerance for a discomfort at all. Uh, when discomfort is probably the most important thing that you'll ever do in your life. Right? I seek it everywhere I yeah. go. And we, and we, we strategically in every, from um, Apogee Strong mm-hmm. to Apogee Cedar Park to Gracie Hamida to Sheepdog Response to Save Our Allies, mm-hmm. every single one of those things, we, there is intentionality to discomfort for those that work with us, for those that work for us, and for people that attend to learn from us. Mm-hmm. We are trying to teach discomfort love it yeah i mean it's a good thing it's it's easy to say iron sharpens iron i don't know if people really understand what that means um and it's to be fair like the average person i I, look i i stay pretty in shape i don't really wrestle much but i stay pretty in shape i shoot quite a bit i stay really up to date on uh things that uh, you know help people survive in the wild like new techniques to keep blood in bodies for example there's a big thing that's like something everybody should know like the, you, chest compressions and keeping blood in body forget about the cpr part like that the breath stuff we don't really do that anymore you know you got to stay up to date survivalist stuff i stay up to date on but for the average person you know life's hard it's busy they got to carve out times ways to do this stuff it, it's not everybody it's not going to look the same for everybody else and not everybody's going to have the routine that Derek White or Tim Kennedy has. You know what I mean? Some people are going to do it. Some some people are going to contribute toughness to society by being mentally tough, by holding the line, like by calling out people that are full of shit and by putting themselves in situations where they can lose yeah. and, and being okay with that. You know what I mean? I think that's the, that's the hallmark. Like you can lose in a debate just like you can lose 
in, in a gunfight or a, a fist fight, right? You have to be like, we have to have a team of people who can win all those things. That's why there's different jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it, it's, I wonder from your perspective, like you, you, you do a lot surrounding physical toughness, but tell, talk to me about mental toughness and, and some of the ways you think like the average person, because everybody knows they can come to one of your gyms. They know they can go to the gun range. They know they can go to a, like Mike Glover survivalist school, for yeah. example. There's a lot of stuff you can do. What can they do with their mind? Yeah. I think those things overlap. Like so, sure, yeah. Physical toughness and mental mm -hmm. toughness. You know, when you get to special operations, whether you're going to BUDS or you're going to special forces mm -hmm. assessment selection, you're going to ranger school assessment, it, it really doesn't matter because if you don't show up in, in shape, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's going to be real tough on you. Yeah, it is. It, it will yeah. also make your ability to be mental tough because mm -hmm. you're not physically tough. Those things, there, there, there's a huge. I think there's an under, an understated overlap. But I'll take somebody that is physically in shape, and we'll go and do like a Wim Hof thing, where we're going to go hop in some cold water. Yep. Um, that's mentally tough, right? Right. Does it really matter how much muscle you have to be able to hop in that tub and how long you can stay in there? No, of course no, not. No, it doesn't, right? That is mental toughness. How many iterations of the contrast hot to cold am I going to do to re reach optimal recovery? Well, that does have something to do with my level of physical fitness. Right. And, um, and so the implication there is almost like, uh, it's not really an implication. It's almost, it's, it's pretty obvious that the, there's a there's a return on investment mentally for everything physically that you do. Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah, right. amen. You know when you when you are when you condition yourself to being uncomfortable. Mm. You know, I, when when it comes to shooting, for example, I want my hands to be sweaty, yeah. to be bloody, there to be to to sand to be up in my crotch. Mm -hmm. Right, I I have the sunscreen dripping into my eyes. Um, you know, my glasses are foggy. My red dots window is dirty mm. maybe cake caked with some stuff and my light is flickering because like granules of dirt and mud are mm. getting interrupting the the projection of the laser that moment is when i'm really learning about how i'm going to shoot sure yeah ranger school the rain the reason ranger school is such a great leadership school um how much sleep did you get last night uh i don't know like four or five hours maybe okay good uh, 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 a little less ideal, I think, yeah, yeah. for a normal human. Yeah, but um, we're not, we don't do that. So, no. <laughs> uh, you know, so for most people, six or yeah, yeah. more, eight is, is, is pristine. Is, um, a well slept person, a well fed person, it's really easy for me to lead by example. Yeah, sure, man, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, can, I can pull security. Sure, man, I'll help you carry that machine gun. But when I make you tired, when I make you cold, when I make you hungry, then it's like, ah, oh, man, I don't. I don't want to carry that machine gun. No, no. I don't want to pull an extra shift of security. No, no, no. I'm not going to volunteer to go and make sure everybody has the right packing list for this mission. No, I'm not going to go and make sure everybody's wearing the right uniform for this operation. Like when you start getting tired, when you start getting hungry mm. and you're miserable, it's, it's harder to lead. Sure. Yeah. That's a form of mental toughness. Yep. So how do you condition the mind to be mentally tough to answer your question? It is conditioning. Mm. It is conditioning. Sometimes it's physical conditioning. Right. Sometimes it's situational conditioning. Sometimes it's environmental conditioning. Um, like if we're going to climb the Himalayas, you have to go conditionally train your body yeah, yeah. 
train both your body yeah. and your mind to acclimate to what it feels like there. So if you want to, if you want to be a hard motherfucker, mm. start doing hard things. Yeah. And I would say, uh, just, it, it's easy to lead when everything's going well. Yeah. I mean, anybody can do that. Uh, it, that's not really leadership though. That's just, that's the leadership role. That's not being a leader. I think yeah. there's a difference between those two things. Leadership is making sure that yourself and all your people are prepared for the pain before it happens, yeah. right? Like uh, my favorite band is Lamb of God, metal band. Randy Blythe is their singer. He's the best metal singer of all time. But so this motherfucker, when, when they're recording in the studio, he will, they have a big studio in LA. He'll go outside and run four laps around the building and then come back inside and start singing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to make sure that he's ready when it's, when he's playing a show in Austin in freaking August, right? Yeah. And it's 112 degrees outside. He's like, I, I still got to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's a pretty simple way to do it. I mean, you can, I think uh, one of the biggest impediments for improvement is that people don't know where to start. Yeah. I think that's a big problem for people because and it's not because the answers aren't out there. It's because it, it feels overwhelming when you haven't done it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, end state, right? Mission mm. first. It's real, it's real easy for like the military mind mm. for the process of here's my mission. Mm. What are the things? Here's my metal tasks, my mission essential task list. Yeah. Here's the things that if this is the end state that I want, here are the ways that I need to be proficient for mm. me to be able to accomplish this. And then me start creating a program to develop, to support my metal tasks. Right. Cool. I get it. Now on the civilian side, you, you said everybody has different jobs. Man, I could not agree more. If I'm planning to go to the city council or to the school board and debate what books are going to be present in the school library, mm -hmm. what can I do to start preparing? Should I have a form of mental toughness? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I would say a number of things. One, you need to know what you're talking about in the first Hell place. Hell yeah, you do. Two, preparation. You need, yeah, preparation. What you need to have, like that part, that preparation isn't just knowing the facts it's knowing why the facts are the facts yep, the, right? re, the why of the thing is, yeah. is 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 sometimes the most important thing it, it often is because it tells you a bunch of other things public speaking yeah Pu well public speaking is a big one yeah but then being able to remain calm when nobody else is calm yeah rehearsals of yeah. like before you know i'm gonna go if if you're gonna go to like a special special missions unit you're gonna go to a board oh yeah right and it's not gonna be a fun one either no, no they they want to see you squirm yeah. they want to see you not know the answer they're gonna ask questions that they know you don't know right and um, not because they want to see you fail a question mm. but they want to see how you're gonna respond to not having an answer yeah can you after like a 40 mile road march can you come in and answer can you can you come in and say here's what I know about this and here's what I don't know about yeah. this. So I'm going to learn about your humility. So yeah. like, if I'm going to stand in front of a board, a school board, mm. yeah, I want to know as much as I possibly can. If sure. I'm going to go in front of a unit, I want to know everything I can mm. about their mission set, their metal tasks, their deployment schedules. Mm. You know, if I'm going to go work for a police department, I want to do ride-alongs. I want to mm. talk to the police chief. I want to stand the city, city council budget. I want to stand their department budget. Like I can learn everything I can, but I still won't know everything. Mm. So then it's going to come back to the why why am I there? What is the reason, the why of what I'm trying to do here? And then it's my ability to stay humble and stay. And that happens through discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, people are, are, are very, they, they just have no tolerance for discomfort. Uh, and it's been going on a lot longer than we've noticed it, I think. So I don't know. 
it's been going on a lot longer. Well, I, did, I mean, I've noticed it since I was a child. Yeah, but for me the, too. For, for mainstream culture, it's it's been going on a lot longer than the last ten years that they think everything went off the rails, right? Because yeah. it, it's people. It's not just about physical discomfort or social discomfort where they, you know, being spoken to in a certain way or criticized is completely forbidden. That's that, first of all, that's crazy, right? But that that's a big part of it. But the other part. <clears throat> is that people seem to not have a tolerance. This is something that really bugs me. They, they seem to have, have no tolerance for being wrong or for other people being wrong. Because let me be very clear about this. Everybody that can hear the sound of my voice is wrong about everything until they're right about it. That's, yeah. that's what learning means, right? So there, and, it, and it's, and politics is the worst because people get caught flip-flopper for, for changing with new information. No, that's called science, bitch. You know what I mean? So there has to be some pathway from being wrong to learning new information to being right that doesn't end in embarrassment. Why would it? It doesn't make any sense. Like we, we get embarrassed ourselves. The group gets embarrassed for us and the people that don't like us dunk on us. That None of that makes any sense to me. Yeah. When, um, now I want, I want to, when 9-11 happened, obviously I went straight to the recruiter's office to join. Um, when the Patriot Act happened, you know, like I am one, I was 100%, you know, going special operations, mm-hmm. give us all the information. And, uh, you know, and at the time as a 25 year old, 24 year old, when the mm-hmm. Patriot Act was passed, I would have been like, dude, this is the best ever. We're going to go find these bad guys. Yeah. And, uh, and now as a, as you know, a middle-aged man who values, freedom of above all else and i would never exchange any any little bit of my freedom for security mm-hmm. i look at th- that act and be like oh man that was a bad idea like we gave up so much of our freedom with that one decision uh so by the way it's the most bipartisan voted on piece of legislation probably in american history yeah like major legislation Everybody voted for it. Everybody just hung up our freedom as a lamb yeah. for the slaughter. Yep. But then I thought it was the greatest thing. Um, we haven't walked any of it back, really. No. It's been expanded. Yeah, imagine like in a time of crisis like that, we do sunset clauses typically. Even the, the assault weapons ban had a sunset clause. It ended at some point so we could reevaluate. Yeah. Now, I didn't agree with it then, and we the data shows that it wasn't good, so we didn't do it again. Yeah. It's been 17 years since it expired, I think, something like that. And uh, we were like, no, nah, we're not doing that again. It didn't make any difference. Yeah. Um, but there's got to be that process. And it, this is the, the, first, uh, the first principle here you chose is uh, five. I'll put more into this country and I'll take out of it. I want to. So I think that we, we talked about it a little bit before. I think the usefulness of all these pundits on the internet pretending that Republicans and Democrats are different. Uh, I, I think it's useless. I think it's useless. Like the usefulness for that of educating people uh, on the right or the left about the other side and your side and pretending one's better. I think that era is over, yeah. and well, it probably it's, it's should not. Never... There's still lots of people doing it. Oh no, there's a lot of people doing it. I just don't think there's any usefulness to it. All these people do is make echo chambers louder and louder, right? Making it more and more difficult. Uh, to really flesh out what the truth is so they can read my pillow ads, right? That's what it is. It's, it's just people that are uh, taking advantage of 
the division in the country to make money. And I'm not about that shit, man. That that's that's a big that's a big problem for me. So stop bitching about politics. Stop dunking on political opponents. Stop reducing everything to pithy, rude comments on the internet to to make you look cool or prove how smart you are. Stop engaging in the echo chambers. If you want to show me you're a patriot, here's what you can do. Think for yourself, right, first. Start on common ground with the people you disagree with because the point is supposed to be to solve the problems, not to prove your opponent wrong. And if you want to do that in good faith, you have to start on what you agree on, right? Uh, Fix things that are in your power to fix at the lowest possible level, starting with yourself. And... Work upwards from there. Be a better citizen. That's what the show is. And I think it creates... So we, we wonder why we have such shitty leadership. We have, because we have shitty people. Yeah. That's why. But, and it's not that we aren't capable of being good. We've chosen to be lazy. We've also chosen the worst of us to lead. Sure, because of weakness and, and, and complacency. It's yeah. the, that those things lead. And, and, and look, this is not the immediate fix that America likes. It's not the microwave... Like, oh, 90 seconds, it's all done now. Yeah. You're, everybody's a fucking hero now. This is no. a slow cook. Yeah, it's a complete paradigm shift in the way that we view ourselves, the way that we view our role in society and the social contract and what we expect from the government and from each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the old, the 1854 uh, 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 posse, right? There's no organized police in America until the, like, probably until the 1910s or 20s, really, right? until organized crime started to come here, and that's when we actually did it. Otherwise, it was the Pinkertons and people like that. But there were sheriffs, and if something happened in your town, every swinging dick comes and gets his little deputy badge, and you sign up, and you go out there, and you kill that motherfucker, right? And then you go back to your life, because you know if it happens to you, if somebody comes and fucks with your family or tries to take your shit, then the posse will be there for you as well, right? Yeah. But if you don't show up, right, if you spend your time bitching on the internet, uh, and doing nothing. If you spend your time being like, you know what, that doesn't really affect me, so I'm not going to get involved. Then you you've paid for this. You've you've bought this government with 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 your weakness. Insert every current problem, um, and then you know to use Jocko's extreme ownership approach. Where did you inject yourself mm. to interrupt the problem? What did you do at the individual level to fix the problem? Um, we'll use us, you know, schools that have that are crumbling. Some school choice bo- uh, bills passed this year. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Corey DeAndres is a buddy of mine. He's he's on it. Yeah, big uh, fan. School choice. Like I'm a huge proponent of it, mm-hmm. and uh, and it is it is the answer to. Can we legislate ourselves out of some problems? Sometimes we can. Yeah, Yeah. Um, school choice is one of those where the schools have uh, devolved into such chaos and anarchy that they're not educated anymore. So what what can we do? Is we can take money, we can take power, we can take clout, we can take um, their structure and put it into private. Um, You know what it sounds like? It sounds like getting involved sweeping up the sugar before the ants come that's right yeah so insert any problem Mm -hmm. what did you do to help and what did you do to make yourself a better version to be able to help more yeah you know whether it's 
Afghanistan, mm-hmm. Ukraine, school, COVID, any one of those questions you should be, or, you know, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. school shootings. Yeah, whatever what have, it is. What have you done? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, so I'm very critical of uh, a lot of people try to use the crime bill, the 97 crime bill, to dunk on Democrats because the Congressional Black Caucus supported it. The Democrats supported Joe Biden, wrote the goddamn thing, right? And people try to dunk on him for that. And I've been guilty of that myself. But the truth is, it was necessary because crime was out of goddamn control, man. It was wild. But here's what we didn't do. We took, we, we justifiably put a bunch of assholes in jail because they were committing violent crimes. And we left their 10 and 11-year-old kids at home with no dads. Yep. And then we left those kids, you know, to their own devices. Then they had kids. And we left those kids at home with no dads. And now we're three generations deep. And it's only gotten worse. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. We did so. If if conservatives want to be critical, like be, look, the organization BLM is ridiculous. Everybody knows that. But do they? Are, do well, they know how ridiculous? I think all the 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 sixty five million dollars it's missing now is pretty much okay. shined a light on. Because I, I still see like the BLM stickers on the back of people's car. And it's like that. Well, I think a lot of people differentiate between the organization and the idea. Um, Although I think Black Lives Matter 2 would probably have been a more appropriate way to... Because then you box out the All Lives Matter people. Like if you say Black Lives Matter 2, there's no All Lives Matter retort to that. Also, it looks kind of cool. Hashtag BLM, the number two. Anyways, mm. uh, that's, I thought that was a mistake. They should have contacted me for that one. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, if I've been very critical of that organization. And some there's good people over there that are frustrated and, and want help. You know what I mean? And At no, the organization? No, 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 no. Oh. Just in general, people yeah, that need sure. help. Yeah. And nobody's helping them. No. The people that are supposed to, the, the government, all of us, everybody's just taking their sides and bitching. The government's out. never helped them. Well, yeah, of course not. But everybody's, everybody. When, when, so- I, when I say, when, when I, we, we were saying they, um, we're talking about poor. We're talking about marginalized sections of society, yep. ones that don't have father figures that are present, whether they were arrested or mm-hmm. they were never, like, just never were present. Yep. Um, that group is ultra uh, susceptible mm-hmm. to falling into crime, falling, and, and there should be mechanisms to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the government, it's us. Exactly. It's us yeah. as a society. But we've, we've, not, we've not done it. Like everybody goes to their corner, uh, you know, people on the extreme left want to get rid of police and- That doesn't work. Whatever, yeah, it's stupid. People on the extreme right just want to continuously yell, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yep. It also doesn't also work. Also doesn't right? work. So- at what point, like you said, did you interject yourself into this problem to try to fix it? It's, yeah, when did you work at the kit? When did you work at the food kitchen? When did you yeah. go down down to the YMCA and teach a soccer class? When did you go down to the basketball court mm. and uh, drop off a, com- a couple brand new basketballs? Yeah, you know when? Something. When? Yeah, when did you lose twenty pounds so you could go down and actually mm. play basketball with those guys? Bring bring a cooler of of uh, Gatorades and yeah. waters or some you know healthy snacks, apples and bananas. Um, yeah, like it's. And I, I feel that's not I, for everybody. Certainly not, but there's... Like, I don't do that. Well, you don't have time, but... Yeah, but yeah. I, I spend my time in really specific yeah, ways yeah. to try to make my own contribution. Everybody doesn't have to do what I do. Right. Like, everybody doesn't need to be at the range trying to try to train police officers and teachers how to protect their schools. Um, but everybody does need to be doing something. Yeah, of course. I mean, you. so we, we have come to believe for some reason, and it, and it's probably best embodied by the, the phrase toxic masculinity, but the idea that certain traits are good and certain traits are bad, that's nonsense, yeah. right? Like, 
the 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 incorrect use of traits is bad, but if you can inhale rage and exhale purpose, you can move a fucking mountain. You know what I mean? If you can inhale pain and exhale empathy, you can save people's lives with that shit. So it's the idea that the trait is good or bad is absolute nonsense. Now, what are you doing with it, right? Like, if you're a big, strong guy, what big, strong shit are you doing? If you're a really smart person that's empathetic, what are you doing with that? You know what I mean? That's what I care about. Yep. I, I got an email a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm not going to throw the guy under the bus. He never served in the military, uh, but he, ha- he had the heart, and I think he always regrets that he didn't. Mm. And um, now he, he runs all of these fundraisers for military organizations, and he raises millions and millions of dollars for them. He's also a really successful businessman and um you know he makes millions of dollars for mm-hmm. himself and he spends that um the equity that he has both financially and his social status to do good for great groups. And he emails me he's like, "You know, is it too late for me to go in the military?" And I was like, "What are you going to do yeah. at this point as a late 30s man? Could you join?" Yeah, maybe with the waiver, maybe. Mm-hmm. But more important like Look at all of the good that you do. So, you know, cutting that slice of the pie and doing that like cost versus gain analysis of what kind of contribution do I make? How can I make the biggest contribution? And and me as 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 a man, is that the right thing for the reason why my purpose? Because if I don't believe in it, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm I'm never going to be happy or content or satiated right. in the type of difference that I'm making. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like to say that. We all do best when we all do best. You yeah. Know what I mean? And you can only do best at the things you're best at, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to be in the dunk competition no. at the next year's NBA All-Star Games. No, I'm a 5'11", 220-pound yeah. hairy troll. You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. With but, an 18-inch vert. Yeah. But I can probably write some funny jokes about it. <laughs> you know? I can't do that either. Well, you'll, you, can, you can wrestle one of the guys. Right. Uh, but yeah, Bite it's, their face. Th- this is... This is all, all this we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes or so comes back to this principle. I'll put more into this country than I take out of it. I mean, it's, it's the Boy Scouts, right? You leave something, you leave the campsite better than you found it. Yep. Right. It, it, it's not, and I, better than you found it is the operative phrase there because if you show up and it's all messed up, you don't just leave it for the next person, right? And I say this to people all the time and I bring it down to the level of empathy as well. Like if you, it's very easy to, be walking into a building and the guy in front of you doesn't hold the door for you. It's really easy to be like, fuck that guy, man. And then, you know, blow through the door and be pissy all day if somebody's rude to you. But you know what you can do is turn around and open the door for the next guy. Make sure you yeah. make sure you clean up his mess. Yeah, the um I, I hate this the adage of it's not what the country can do for you, it's what you can do for your country. Right. It's so true though. Mm-hmm. And um in, in an era of being comfortable where we have been, we have we have become accustomed to people giving us things. A politician being like, "I'll give you a gas rebate," yeah. you know. Yeah. That you're rebating me with money that you already took, man. Yeah. You know, you're you're not giving me anything that I didn't give to you already, right. and then you made interest on it, and then you taxed me in other ways, and then you gave me a percent, a, a micro percentage of that back, which is just placating and insulting, but. Um, we, we, we became accustomed to expecting that. Right. And that is so dangerous. Any form of entitlement is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love, you know, that making it 
better than how I found it is so important in this generation because this generation is more comfortable with taking than any gen- generation before. Any generation. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess you're technically Gen X, right? Um, you're like right at the end of I'm, Gen X. Yeah. And I'm, or or maybe I, I don't know. No, I'm 19. I'm, I was born in 81. Uh, yeah, I'm late 70s. I'm right on that cusp, yeah. but I'm definitely the. Or maybe, maybe uh, I think I'm on the, the edge of Gen X and millennial because I think millennial starts in like 82. But I'm it's eighty one for some people. Yeah. Anyways, um, you, those two generations, and I'm not sure it's it's just to classify people that were born in the early eighties with what we all consider to be millennials because the attitudes are pretty disparate. But anyways, it's been a pretty a pretty rapid cascade downward as far as t- taking responsibility for things is because we made the mistake of telling people that because they've been victimized that they are victims. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not true. No. It's simply not true. Everybody gets victimized. We are all victimized by the tragedy of life itself. We are all going to get sick and die. Every single one of us and everybody we ever know or love is going to get sick and die. We're going to fail more frequently than we succeed. It sucks, right? You better be fucking prepared for it. That's the message. Not yep. that like, oh, I'm a... Because when the inevitable result of spending time analyzing victimhood is that people begin to rank themselves by their victim status. And that's exactly where we are today. Yeah. In, um, in, in my book, I talked a lot about whether it was mo- moments where I was victimized. Mm. There were moments where I made really bad decisions. Victimize yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was, and I was a victim of yeah. the, my own consequence, the mm. own consequences of my bad decisions. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're going to see a really, really important thread there. And this, this reoccurring theme is that that didn't define me, mm. right? I immediately was like the diff- the mentality between a survivor and a victim, they both were victims of something, mm. right? And a survivor of, uh, rape yep. is a way different mindset than I was a victim of a rape. Sure, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. the survivor of a rape that is in my sheepdog response class. She's like, where, what, what's a, where's a better place for me to put this fixed knife? Yeah, yeah, you know, this yeah, fixed blade right. into his ribs. I was like, well, go up a little bit higher to make sure you get the lungs. Yeah, you, you know, and get between three and four, if you can. Yeah, get there. <laughs> and it's like for, from my side, it's so clear visibly. Sure. I'll even see the transition. Just the way they talk about it. Too. Yep. From a victim yeah. who starts our course mm-hmm. to a survivor, that's like, I wish a motherfucker would try again. Right, because it's not the victimhood that defines, or or certainly not assists you in life. It's resilience. Yeah, that that's what we spend a lot of time talking about is resilience right? the veteran when mm. we talk about resilience coming back from war mm. like are, are there guys that are struggling yeah yeah when you look at them so i experienced the same things that the guy you know right next to me who's thinking about suicide who's struggling with mental health and depression does that guy need help absolutely yeah but he also has to help himself sure yeah. right he also has to not just pull himself up by his bootstraps and be hard mm-hmm. maybe he does need to be medicated for a period mm-hmm. maybe he does need to have the somebody hold his hand to get him in the gym to take that bottle out of his hand you know like maybe yeah. um, i mean it's a spotter in the gym right yeah but ultimately like he is going to have to become self-sufficient right. and we experience the same things yet our approaches to me being a survivor mm-hmm. to him being a victim it is a mentality shift and back to like being mentally strong 
sometimes you just you just got to embrace the suck. Yeah. As usual, we've got a couple of ads that keep us on the air here. First and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking barrels. Right now, Ghostbed is offering 40% off Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress, one of their five mattresses, uh, and an adjustable base. And then anything else you add to that order, it's going to be 40% off for everything else. You're going to get 30% off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. You get a mattress for like 25, 35 bucks a month. If you use the zero down 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, that's five years, folks. Go check it out at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. They got those cooling mattresses, every one of them, cooling sheets, cooling pillows. It's hot and sweaty here in Texas. So you need them man. Uh, every mattress has a 20 year warranty. Some even have 25. You can try it out for 101 nights if you don't like it you can send it back no hard feelings but i know you won't they've got the best pillows the best uh, uh sheets best mattresses that money can buy so go check them out at ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros next up we have Babel. language for life that's what they say right uh this is the best language learning software that i've ever used I actually just got a subscription for uh, <clears throat> for Kane, for Brittany's son. He wants to learn a new language. I'm like, well, I got just a place for you, kiddo. Uh, right now, everybody's getting ready to go travel for the summer. Get out of here for a while. Take it easy. Um, if you're going to do that, make sure you bone up on your language skills a little bit, at least so you can ask directions uh, for the bibliotech and the and the turlet and stuff like that. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons. There's always time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. You can do it en route. Uh, you only need 10 minutes per lesson. Um, Babel says that you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks if you really pay attention to it. That's not a very long time. Um, other language learning apps use AI for the lesson plans. Babel uses lesson plans created by over 150 language experts. Um, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and others. Uh, Babel speech recognition technology makes sure that your pronunciation and accent is on point. You don't sound like an idiot. Uh, so many ways to learn with Babel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. And it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. 20 days is one day shy of three weeks. So you can pretty much use this to its fullest benefit. Uh, within the within the grace period there and you'll know for sure if it works so right now save up to 60 percent off your subscription when you go to babble.com slash american that's b-a-b-b-e-l.com slash american for up to 60 percent off your subscription babble language for life you, you really do and i i it's the attitude shift i guess that i think is the most important part of this show and 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 the the book that will follow that outlines this stuff, because I think um, I, I say this a lot, but the, uh, the most important things you do in life won't be for yourself. They'll be in the service of others. And it's not because it, it's not because empathy is evolutionarily better than selfishness. It's not true that that's the case, right? They're both useful in their own ways, but selfishness doesn't scale right? Yeah. All the lessons learned stay right there with you. It doesn't permeate throughout the rest of the culture. And when I think about putting more into the country than I take out of it, <clears throat> there's a lot of like charity work, uh, being a mentor to people, being a leader, 
you know, all this other stuff that you can do, but like making sure you're getting where you need to be is super fucking important. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like how, how, regardless of all that, like if you're a miser and you're, you're doing charity work, I'm not sure you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you may be doing the functional task, but I, I don't think somebody walking around with a scowl all day is super helpful to people who need to be inspired. No. You know what I mean? And people need to be inspired. And like the volume of work, all, all the, you know, I do a lot mm. in a 24 hour period. And, um, and the, the effectiveness of what I can do and the amount of the things that I do, how much better does it leave something than I found it? Mm. Like I, and like the executive team all the time are taking a step back and being like, Maybe we just cut this out. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm spending... You or know, hire a new guy. Yeah. 60% right? of my yeah. time trying to do this thing, is this the most effective way that I could be spending my time? Um, maybe I do just have to... Like the school right now, mm. Apogee Cedar Park, we just finished our first year. Um, I'm not sure how many people have opened a private school before. It's yeah. not easy. Um, you know, we had 50, 60% of staff turnover from year one to year two. Mm. You know, um, parent complaints uh i mean it's it's all their lot curriculum problems sure, yeah. you know dealing with the government the bureaucracy that is um the city of austin uh and you know you, you said something like it's not leading when things are going well it's leading when things are going bad right like year one was not great and now moving into year two us taking a step back and, and reorganizing and picking you know michelle our new program director mm-hmm. she's fierce man she's like a beautiful, powerful leader. And, uh, you know, like the new guides that are coming in, the new admin staff that that's coming in to support Michelle. Um, it's, it's when the going gets rough mm-hmm. like that. That's when we get a, an opportunity to see who people really are. Yeah. And, uh, phew, it's hard, but the average person isn't gonna be a special forces operator. They're not going to start their own school they're not going to be a ufc fighter fighting for a fucking world championship right so i like to spend some amount of time in each one of these points first of all trying to reduce this down to like how can the average i'm an average person certainly yeah i was born with a heart murmur i was a little runt of a kid Mm -hmm. i you know like when i would take i I start started walking early really 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 early Mm -hmm. And I could take a couple of steps and I would get so winded mm. because my pathetic little heart, I would mm. sit back down. Not because I couldn't walk, because I would get tired. Right. You know, like looking at, as, at the kindergarten class, you see like all regular kids and then you see Tim, mm. you know, and, um, and all of that, I, people look at that resume and they're like, ah, you know, like regular guy. No, right. I am regular guy. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. promise. You know, look, like, look at my grades in college. Mm. Um, I was a, I was a regular guy, yeah, yeah. you know, like grad school. Why? Because I could barely get in, mm. you know, like I had to like cheat to figure out ways to get in there. So, um, but to the regular guy, can and he when, get up when, this? When I, when I say average person, I mean somebody who's average right now. And I, and I want to, I want, I like broad answers to this because I'm thinking about a 50 year old dude who's never actually taken control of his life. And I'm yeah. thinking about a 13 year old little girl in school that's going through it and doesn't know what to do or family situations fucked up, or maybe she's experiencing bullying at school or something like yeah. that. I want like, how, what does that person 
do. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the lowest and closest, easiest decision that is the rightest. Everybody's looking for this. Uh, you, you, you call it the microwave. I love that mm-hmm. metaphor. Um, that solution isn't real. There is no yeah. easy way. There's going to be millions of little decisions that's ultimately going to change the trajectory of mm-hmm. the way that your life is going. You know, if you're 50 or you're 13, there's not going to be a decision that all of a sudden is going to turn your life around. The first one is that maybe I get up 10 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. If I'm fat, maybe it's I go, I will go, I go walk one block, you know, like walking one block is going to take you 15 minutes cool, sit down, have a big glass of water. Mm-hmm. Don't smoke a Coca, like don't pound a Coca-Cola and smoke a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Just take, make the next little tiny decision, which is drink a glass of water. Right. And then make the next little decision. And ultimately those little decisions start adding up. Mm-hmm. And it seems insurmountable when you start putting it together. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I can't change this. There's lots of things that you can't change. That's fine. You don't have to worry about the things that are out of your control, but the things that are in your control, you start incrementally making the easiest and closest decision, the right. low hanging fruit, mm. pluck it and take a bite of that deliciousness and then move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I like to say you can control your attitude and effort and nothing further. Like you, if you set out to control outcomes, you're either going to fail and become disillusioned or you're going to, you're going to become authoritarian. Those are the only two. <laughs> Like you, you can't, but you can't control outcomes without authoritarianism. It's just the way it is. To the other point about making those micro decisions, um, the Bible says it, and Matthew narrows the gate, right? Few will find it. Yeah, it, it's like the path they're talking. It's they're talking about, uh, or rather, Matthew's talking about salvation, but he's all like that. It is small as a gate, and there is a road that leads to life. And but you can interchange the word success in there, right? The Bible says it. Seneca said it several hundred years before that, and many many people have said it since because it's very basic common sense. Yeah, it, it, and sometimes those decisions aren't just physically doing something, you know, like right. going for a walk. Sometimes it's making the right moral decision. Yep. Yesterday, I was confronted with an opportunity. Um, kind of my. Uh, executive council were like, Hey, should we sue this person? Mm. You know? And, um, and I, I said, and not, you know, I'm not trying to, the moral high ground is a lonely road and I'd much rather walk that alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what I told them. Uh, I, I said, this high road is lonely, but we're going to walk it. We're going to go onward and upward, even if we're just doing it by ourselves. Um, as I was replying to, yeah, yeah. that was yesterday. So it's not like you and I aren't confronted with the same decisions every single day. And there might, you know, like that was just one text, one text and one decision mm-hmm. of thousands of decisions that happened to that day. In that day, I also got a badass workout. In mm-hmm. that day, I also cooked all three meals for my kids. In that day, I also made, you know, an amazing performance intimately with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've been traveling. I had to do my due diligence, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all of those little tiny things. And the, the, at the time, you know, they're, you know, 30 minutes to make a meal, mm-hmm. you know, an hour with my wife, um, you know, making a little charcuterie board after the kids went to bed, like all of those little things. And they're just little, they're just mm-hmm. minutes here, minutes there, an hour total there. Um, you know, that was a 15 second text message that, that, readjusts the vision and the trajectory of the company and me and my brand and what do we stand for? And as long as you're making those little decisions, like if you're faithful in the small things, Mm. 
I mean, it's he's it's, faithful in the big. It's it's habit and discipline is what you're describing, right? Sometimes. I mean, well, it, it is. I mean, so you have to. It, a lot of people will 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 change the discussion when it's in moments of passion or anger or something like that to say you know that it's more about being able to control your emotions. I don't think you can control your emotions. That's a ridiculous thing to expect of yourself, right? Yeah. All you can do is train yourself to, as I said before, inhale anger and then exhale purpose. What am I going to actually do that's going to solve this? Yeah. And it, it's not an easy thing to do, and you're going to fail a lot at first, and you're always going to fail. You're never going to get it up all right, and that's, it's silly to expect you should. But if you, if you train yourself, to react that way to that kind of stress it's we've we've done this in very extreme circumstances right like it, it but it's funny because in our early for dudes like us in our early 30s in social situations or in relationships it's super tough but if you put us in this other situation where we have to remain calm when we're fucking scared or angry or hurt or or whatever it's it actually we don't even think about it no. it just happens right yeah it's wild it's repetition that's the difference so you know, one of the things you could do to put more in the country is, uh, I'm not saying go seek out, you know, a uh, 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 tumult in your life unnecessarily with social situations. Like, don't go start shit in your relationship just so you can learn how to deal with it. But look for opportunities to do things you're good at. Challenge yourself to be better at them. Like, if you're good at, if you're good at listening to what somebody says, be like, you know, what? it sounds like what you're saying is this. If you're good at that, go find those situations. Exercise that muscle make it better and then everybody around you is now better because of it right in um often especially coaches like you know let's let's focus as what we're not good at Mm. and i'm always like or or maybe try to perfect the thing that you are good at yeah that's a that's not you know do i want to be comp like they're firearms for example Mm. are there 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 are things about um how i handle a weapon that are imperfect and I spend time to improve on them. Absolutely. Sure, yeah. But then the things that I'm really good at, I have a f- super fast outside the waistband draw. Right. You know, like my concealed carry draw is pretty good. Those are two absolutely important things that yeah, I yeah. not, even though I'm already good at them, I'm going to spend tons of time making sure that it is as perfect as it can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like definitely reinforcing mm-hmm the things that you're good at so you can continue to do those things. Yeah, John Smoltz, a pitcher for the Braves, used to talk about that a lot. He's like, a lot of dudes will game plan, like, well, this hitter can't hit low and inside really well, so that's what I'm going to do. Like, well, maybe do what you do best. Yeah. You know what I mean? And let that guy figure out his shit. Uh, Because, you know, if you pitch to their weakness and not to your strength, you've actually leveled the playing field now. Yep. Right? If they're only... 50% 50% good at that task, but you're only 50% good at the task it takes to defeat that instead of 75% good at some other task that they're a little bit better at. You've actually leveled the playing field now. Why would you do that? Yeah. I want to fight with the best possible odds possible, right? Three on one. That's our goal, right? Uh, and the infantry, anyways. Yeah. Three is three to one. Rory McDonald, mm-hmm. uh, good good friend, mm-hmm. uh, just fought this last weekend for the PFL. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you uh, cornered that. I you? did. Yeah. And what was it in Atlanta? It was in Atlanta. Yeah. That fight embodied what we're talking about right now. Somewhere early in the fight, Rory started focusing on what the other guy did bad mm. and not on what Rory did well. And, and, and it, it, that is, it, it came to a draw is what that fight was. Mm. Could have gone either decisions. You know, like Obviously, I wanted my guy to win, so I thought that we won the decision. The other team thought they won, and they won the decision. But 
it was really Rory looking at this fight and looking at what the other guy did bad and then trying to do that mm-hmm. instead of what Rory is a fierce fighter. Like he is a violent, ta- talented fighter. And that was that mistake that happened is exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. He just focused on what the other guy didn't do well. Yeah, that's that's usually not a good idea. No. Um, let's get to the next one. I will not sacrifice liberty for security. That's number six. Uh, we talked about the Patriot Act earlier. That's an op- very obvious and large scale example of that and one that a lot of people are pretty comfortable with. Uh, now they're not for the most part, although they still, yes, they, are. they continue voting. Well, I mean, politicians continue voting to yeah. authorize it. It happened again with COVID. Yeah. You know, it, it, um, it, it is happening again in response to active shooters. Every time that there is an, uh, there's chaos and there's who said that you, you should Google this. Never let a tragedy go to waste. Uh, never. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, some, some famous politician yeah, yeah. and he was in context. Never, he was never waste a tragedy. Yeah. yeah never waste up. a good tragedy. The, his point was that is an opportunity for politicians to push legislation through that they want when people are emotionally invested in this thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's, by the way, that's manipulation. hundred percent. Right? So if I come to you, if, if I come to you and be like, hey, here are three hot button things that I know you care about that are going to get you upset. And I follow that with, this is what we should do about it. You should be extremely suspicious of yeah. everything I've said and me as a person. Why is the ambulance chasing lawyer the most detestable one? Yeah. Because he's going when that person, that victim is emotionally and physically hurt and damaged. Mm. And that is his opportunity to profiteer off that. Right. So that's, that's why he's hated. So similarly, the politician that is chasing a tragedy should, should similarly be hated and despised, but they're not no. right now. We're like, Oh, you can provide, you, you can provide this, this magic thing that is going to all of a sudden make us not get sick. No, it's not going to work. Right. It has never worked in history. And any time that anybody follows a tragedy and looks for an opportunity to legislate something, like I, I wish they could be tarred and feathered in the street. Yeah. You know, like that's what should happen. But they should absolutely be voted about, voted out, and never ever enter politics again. I mean, it's man. Uh, but it happens over and over yeah, and over again. It's it seems to be. Um, it seems to be a symptom, right, of all the other things that are going on. Um, I've always thought that liberty, like the, just what it means to be in America. I don't, I, for me, America, I don't see a map in my head. I don't see a certain type of person, like the way they look or, or any of that stuff. Uh, and I don't, to be honest, I really don't even like see just the constitutional, that's a big part of it, along with the things in the Declaration of Independence, the Federalist Papers, rights of man before those documents, a lot of stuff. But what does it mean to be an American? I think about that a lot, and it's why we named the old show American Party, because those are the things I care about. I don't care about all this other shit, like policy stuff. I don't care about that. Uh, But liberty and individual determinism, personal entrepreneurship, those are the ultimate inoculations to tyrannical bullshit. Like if, if people own their own shit, and, to, and solve their own problems, then there's no reason for government to be there in the first place, except for to do a couple little things here. And that doesn't take, you know, 40% of your, your income. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
that's a very low estimate of what they actually yeah, well, take. Yeah. But I could not agree with you more. You know, there, there's not a thing in the government that provides anything that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I pay my gas tax. Cool. Uh, make sure my roads are good. Mm. No, you're not doing that very well. No, no, the roads suck. The roads are trashed. Yeah. You know, um, I pay my property tax. Mm. My school should be really, really rad. Yeah. It's not. You're, 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 you're absolutely shitting in the bed that I have paid you to make. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, I don't know how America's property taxes rank, um, uh, globally as, as, uh, you know, percentage of income and stuff like that. But I know we are about 38th in math and science. <laughs> yeah. I know that for sure. And, and we're, I'm, the richest country, guess, we're the richest country in the history of the world. I'm going to guess that it's probably pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, our ROI there is is pretty dismally low. Taxes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to look that up here in a minute. I just that that is curious. Yeah. I, I really do want to uh, know but that. I, there's, I can tell you that there's no chance that it's commensurate. No, we're not. We're not 38th globally in property tax. No. That's not a thing. And even if they like, right, it should be per capita to really yeah. make sure that like this is how much the individual pays. And in return, we are 38th. That's that is a scary thing. Um, Let's see. Total U.S. tax revenue equal 24% of GDP. Uh, well, it, let's see. Weighted average for, oh, I don't know what this means. I'm going to look this up later. I bet you it's going to be intentionally convoluted. But once you, once you get all of the data, definitely give me a couple of bullets on how that yeah. looks yeah I'll, I'll find something and put it in the in the in the description of this thing uh but so we're, we were talking about sacrificing liberty for security the patriot act is a very obvious way to do that yeah right well, but i really want to put an exclamation mark on something that you said that yeah. it was when you as the individual and like the reason that small business and the entrepreneur and a young healthy strong person is such a scary concept is because they don't need anything from anybody mm-hmm. they definitely don't need anything from the government yeah. And that is why they don't want us to be individually successful. They don't want entrepreneurs. They don't want small businesses to succeed. The reason that these huge corporations get such redonkulous tax breaks mm-hmm. is because they don't they want them to succeed because they're dumping tens of millions of dollars back into the political parties that are supporting right. them, but the individual is still becoming fatter, more gelatinous, softer mentally and physically. And the, our small businesses are, especially during COVID, are just crumbling. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, I like to use Hanlon's razor. There's, you don't have to imply malice when incompetence will, will suffice, right? Yeah. But it, there, there does seem to be a level of this going on that implies malice. You know what I mean? Uh, but even if, even if it doesn't. It does. It, but even if it doesn't, the problem, does. the problem is <laughs> it does. Yeah. But the problem is the same and it still needs to be resolved. Yeah. And there's no vote that's going to resolve that particular problem. No. Right. Um, the only thing that resolves that problem, the only, so if people are being preyed upon uh, and it's something that we've dealt with working in, you know, the intelligence community before, if, you know, one of the biggest things that, that, that is, is looked at when you're getting a security clearance is whether or not there are things in your life, whether it's debt or something else that could be leveraged against you, right? Now, if you're trying to get a security clearance and you have those things, you can explain it maybe, or they just don't give you one. 
in life though it's not quite so simple it's not quite so black and white because that person's still alive and they're still out there to be manipulated and they've got to vote just like you do you yeah. know what i mean so it, i love it, that sf86 comparison to yeah. so the sf86 mm. it is the the security form that you have to fill out and it is the document that the government looks at you and decides if you are an asset or a liability mm. if you're vulnerable for influence specifically financially right um I want that for the citizen. Yeah. And you should do one for yourself. You should look at, here's what I have on the ledger. Here is the people that owe me. Here are the people that I owe. Here are my contacts that are people that can influence me versus people that I can influence. Here are all of the different ways that I am owed or I am owned by somebody. And if one outweighs the other, you're a liability. You are not a free citizen that can critically think or act on your own because the bias of these other influences are always going to negatively negatively affect what you're able to do. Right. So, um, like, if you can Google SF86 yeah, yeah. and then fill it out yourself and be like, man, if I was an outside entity looking at me objectively, am I a good citizen? Mm. Do I know shady people? Do I owe a bunch of money? Mm. Am I controlled by these outside entities? If the answer is yes to any of those, you know, shake, shake I mean, there, there, there's some pretty obvious examples of this happening right now. So if you're uh, 25 to 30 years old and you've got, well, 25 to 35 really is the biggest age range, and you've got a lot of student loan debt. Yeah, you're like owned. You are, they're, they're, I promise you this. It's not, nobody in the government is altruistically looking to help you. They're trying to leverage that weakness against you to make you vote the way they want you to vote. That's the end. That is control. Hard stop. And that's, you know, look, you can't just flip that switch off. That's a problem that takes some effort to solve, but it's a problem that we, we can solve, yeah. right? And it, and it doesn't include uh, everybody else's tax dollars necessarily yeah. buying your way out of that. There's, we, we, there's, there's things that need to be done to, to solve that problem in your uh, 100%, not just the liability. It's not just about the financial liability of other taxpayers having to pay for your education because maybe you made a good, a bad decision, right? Yeah. It's about that being leveraged against you to get you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do based on your own moral compass. I'm talking about Roe v. Wade which is for the last 50 years been used to control how people vote. I'm talking about welfare who for the last again 50 right now. years yep. has been used to control how people vote when in reality, all of these things can be reduced to citizens not taking care of other citizens, parents not teaching their kids or people who have removed parents from the parenting role or seeing that there's a fucking problem there and not supplementing that. We, you know, we, I, we I, are the author of all of this stuff that's happening right now. And a lot of people out looking in, they're like, ah, oh, cool. Two rich white dudes sitting across <laughs> from each other talking about, you know, opportunity. I grew up in a trailer park, homie. Yeah. My wife, single income, her mm. mom, after her dad left them, mm had to live she sewed stuff for her for her three daughters you know and my my wife graduated from college at 19 mm -hmm. paying for everything while she was being a part-time student working full-time and was still able to finish college in two years after graduating from high school at 15 you know like i i we had my home we had one bathroom for all six of us and all six of us lived in like a $19,000 um, house that had a mortgage that, you know, an interest rate that my poor dad, who is a police officer paying for all of the kids in this one house, um, graduated me figuring out ways to, to work and fight so I could pay for college. There's, 
there's no excuse. There's not. You just have to take ownership for your life. And if you made bad decisions, like I did, like you did, you still have to own those decisions and make better ones for you to become an empowered citizen. Yeah. Or you'll always be beholden to these other people. I don't want to answer to anybody. Yeah. I I don't feel like uh, if you're in a, if you've, if you've allowed yourself to be put into a position and we all do it when you're, we're young, there's no question about it. I, I'm I'm not trying to, (laughs) certainly not trying to pretend like I haven't made plenty of mistakes. Um, And I, I also didn't necessarily solve all of them in a graceful or responsible way. No, mine were horrifically bad, but epically bad. And that, that's not the point. This isn't, this isn't judgment. It's a challenge, right? It's a challenge and an opportunity. Yeah. If you believe that, if you believe in your, that you want to make a difference, right? Instead of standing in the middle of the highway, start solving some fucking problems because you're not solving shit out there. All you're doing is making more work for more people that maybe could be spending their time and energy focused on solving this problem as well. And I tell you what, if you're standing on the freeway, 10 10 trucks back is my truck carrying my product that I'm going to sell to go and actually try to uh, affect your community to make it better. Yeah. So, and and the other part, because it does cascade, there's no question about that. And the other part of it is, uh, there's something very interesting about human psychology, the contagion factor of human psychology. We've seen it in units that with bad morale before or on sports teams with bad morale. Everybody's seen this somewhere in the workplace where everybody's upset. But you've also seen where people describe a person like, oh, when they come into the room, they just light up the room. That's like that, that is a very, very real thing. You know what I mean? Yep. And it is extremely uncomfortable for people to watch someone helping somebody else and not also offer to help. Like, I don't care how big of a lazy piece of shit somebody is. If something bad's happening or whatever, or somebody needs help, so like there's, there's a bunch of garbage on the ground and one person starts picking it up. I promise you like a fucking pigeon, another one's going to show up and start pecking those seeds off the ground too. It just happens every single time. So if you think you can't do anything, people get so intimidated by the enormity of some of these problems. You know what I mean? But the, if, you, if you take these proper paths, if you, you know, use your attitude and effort, which is the only thing you really have to use, other people will follow, right? And you're not going to be taken advantage of by all this negative shit that people try to leverage against you. It's just, that's how it works. And that is, <laughs> you can't solve homelessness on your own. You're not going to be able to solve hunger, but that guy over there, that's hungry right now, you can solve his hunger right now. Like yeah. literally right now, you can go solve that dude's hunger. So what's stopping you from doing that? That's, that's my, it's not, it's not judgment because we all fuck up. It is a challenge. What is stopping you from doing the right thing right now to make this better instead of relying on the government? Because if you, if you believe that you shouldn't sacrifice liberty for security, we're talking about financial security, Right. As just as well as, as health, like security, health, and war, like all the these are all things that you, we need to put uh, police tape around our communities to keep the government out because yeah. the government is it attracts the worst possible people. I have a documentary that just came out, um, and it's called "No Help Is Coming," and um, it's on YouTube. And if if you want to on the security side, boil down to. No one's coming to help you. No one is, you know, and then we have another documentary coming out about Afghanistan and it's called send me mm-hmm. from Isaiah six, eight. And, um, and 
that is the mo- the why to what you just said. Mm. Like when I look at that homeless guy, what are you doing to help him? Mm. You're like there, there should be a part of you that's your hand should just be automatically popping up, being like, no, no, send me. Mm. You know, nobody should even be asking. As a matter of fact, you should just be going. Yeah. You know the um, the, nobody was asking in the response to send me. It was God in in that scripture being mm. like, who should I send? And it was like. Right, right here, homie. Yeah. Like I'm going in, put me in coach. And, uh, you know, whether it's football and you're just, your butt is coming off the bench the moment the, the coach walks by and you're like, put me in, put me in. You know, if it's, you see a catastrophe happening and you're like, put me in, put me in. That should be the desire. You have to do the work, the discipline, the regiment, the preparation to be ready to go in. That's on you. The second part is your will to want to make a difference. Yeah. And it's. It, it, it's again, it's, uh, if you want to prepare for that, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Make the decision to do it. Yep. Every time you do the right thing, it gets easier. Yeah. Every time you do the wrong thing, it gets easier. So, I mean, it, it comes down to who do you want to be? And this leads into the last principle here, which is I will live a life worth dying for. Now I've heard quite a few different, uh, summaries of why people chose this. Uh, one was, uh, if I'm on my deathbed, I want to look back on my life. Like I, he, th- this, this uh, guy said that if he's doing something or involved in something, whether it's business or social life or whatever it is, if I was 80 years old on my deathbed, would I look back on this moment and regret it? Would I regret a wasted opportunity or my attitude or whatever? Right. Uh, other people have talked about, you know, all the sacrifice that has led to us being able to enjoy this comfortable life. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, there, there's, there's no greater form of love than for one man to lay his life down for another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that expression, if we look at stories, you know, if you go back to like the, the most beautiful poems, the most powerful books, they're all at the, the idea, the, the center of it is this, this idea of selflessness and love. Mm-hmm. You're like, what am I going to do for the person next to me? What am I going to do for my neighbor? What am I going to do for my wife? What am I going to sacrifice for my children? Um, and th- th- the reason that one resonates with me s- so much is um, my, my, pretty much my whole entire adult life since my first job as a firefighter EMT at 18 to then a police officer to then a special forces guy Mm. to now even all of my businesses entrepreneurially are all focused on these selfless acts of building people to be good citizens, Mm -hmm. to be contributors. Um, Those sagas, they were freaking star Wars or Harry Potter. It really just comes back down to love, right? Like that was the thing. Um, that determines success or failure. And if all of these things that I believe and all of these things that I pour myself into and all of these things that I sacrifice time away from my family, if all of that's not, if the reason why isn't meaningful, right. then it's all a waste. Right. Yeah. So the reason why is why it's so powerful for me and on my deathbed or standing next to, to, to my teammate mm. as a grenade flops down, you like, I want us to be fighting who's going to jump on that grenade first. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's, it reminds me of something another, uh, another person said about this. Uh, it's like uh, just a different way of thinking about it. Like, are the things that I'm doing in my life something like if it, if, if the thing that I'm doing that I think is the right thing became potentially lethal, would I continue doing it? Right. 
Like, could I die for this? Yeah. And then would I is the next question. I think that's a pretty important thing to ask yourself. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, the other part about love is something that I think, I don't think it's necessarily unique, uh, to America or even to soldiers. I think there's something in, in the defensive, the, 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 tiger mom defensive mechanisms just like the alpha male defensive mechanism that does this but i I talk about the american warfighter because that's what i'm familiar with and people often will often ask because of you know the completely pointless nature of the two wars we just finished fighting uh why do you do any of this stuff and it you know uh it's not it's certainly not for oil or lithium it's not for some politicians uh, pride, right? We don't, I, I don't know any, any vets that give a shit about politicians, like any one over another. They, I think they're all pretty much over that at this point. Um, I think the American warfighter in particular fights for families, right? And I think yeah. everybody does that. Like the reason that somebody joins the military in the first place typically is because they have this idea that there's evil and danger and I'm going to go stop it. So these people I love don't have to be involved in that. The difference is the American warfighter considers anybody intent on liberty to be family, right? Yeah. Regardless of what you look like or who you love or who you call God or what country you came from in many cases, right? Yeah. They fight governments who oppress people. They fight internally. And I think it's something that's led to the suicide epidemic after people came home because they stopped fighting and that's who they are as people. You know what I mean? Like you see, you watch a fucking professional athlete retire and watch them, these most alpha of alpha dudes on earth, just openly weep in front of a room of 200 people. That's not something you should expect to see out of a dude like that. No, Lovato and uh, Shonjay Ribeiro just retired from Gi Jiu-Jitsu last month. And these are, I mean, monsters in the best use of the word. Both of them, red swollen eyes, shaking, Mm -hmm. not uncontrollable crying but the crying that comes from like deep into who they are at their core and their soul and um it's a beautiful thing to to see that vulnerability from somebody that is so powerful but it tells you a lot about about what it is that motivates human beings particularly men right it's purpose i think it's true for women as well there's no question but Our purposes are usually different, but the purpose, the point that there is a purpose is so powerful. Yeah. And we're we're not having a problem with young women right now. We're having a problem with young Young men. So it's like, uh, well, the young women and their expectation on what a man, a young man should be is contributing to that young man problem. You know, they have a role in in, in this as well. Yeah. There's a question. Extreme Um, ownership. I'm not going to let anybody off the hook. Everybody's for blame for all of the problems and everybody just needs to step up and start solving them. But it just, so even those young women need to take a look at themselves and be like, wait, what did I say? Did did, did I say that? Like, did I just perpetuate the same social bullshit construct that I learned from, you know, that history teacher that is just peddling me the same lies that they have been for the past 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, it, purpose, purpose and family, you know, and I don't, I don't mean just like your wife and kids or your brothers, sisters or parents or any of that stuff. Um, the, the truth is that our original motivation for going to fight was correct. We just were too narrowly focused, yeah. you know, uh, a threat to Liberty anywhere is a threat to Liberty everywhere. 
that's a real thing uh and it's not it's not the case that liberty should extend simply to people who look think and believe like you do right it it's a privilege earned in blood and honor and i like to think that the solution for a lot of this uh depression and suicide in the vet community isn't psychological treatment it's purpose you know i mean we fought because we knew that to be true and we fought for each other <clears throat> because because of the extreme circumstances we fought in we know like most people don't that none of this can be done alone yeah and none of you none of you that can hear the sound of my voice you're not alone we're all going to fail together or we're going to succeed together right so you choose which team you're going to fucking be on amen that's all I have to say about that. That's a Forrest Gump quote, I believe. I don't know if I'm going to get dinged for that. Can you quote Forrest Gump still? Yeah, you can, for um, sure. So yeah, the the living a life worth dying for, understanding the sacrifice that's been made for you, point A, point B, uh, are you doing the right things in your life, point C, are you fucking, are the, the things that you believe are right, would you literally die for them? Yeah. It's a good, I think it's a good compass, right? Yep. And I guess we can go from there. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming today. Yeah, man. Anything else you would like to share with the audience before you leave? Uh, get up, move, and start working. I, I love your book selection back there. You know, there's a, there's kind of a reoccurring theme, whether it's a story about what somebody did or mm. their life, you know, it's ultimately it's like, these are doers of things. Yep. Um, nobody's going to go out and create for you. You have to create, nobody's going to go build for you. You have to build, nobody's going to generate money for you. Nobody's going to provide you anything. It's all up to you. No help is coming. Yeah. I mean, uh, some, somebody has to do something. You're somebody. Yeah. Do something. Amen. Uh, thanks for coming out today. I appreciate it. Uh, and thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Citizen. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.